Hello and welcome back to Tradie Business School, the podcast where we have real conversations and we share tips and tricks, not tricks, but we share share tips and insights on how to run your trades or contracting business more simply, easily and profitably. Geez, I'm all over my words today. (laughs) Barry, it is wonderful to have you on the session today. We're going to be talking about relationship health. How are you? Good. Thank you, Miranda. It's always a pleasure to jump on and have a chat. I know. This episode I'm really excited about. I've been excited about all the episodes in August. It forms part of Australian National Tradies Health Month. And wherever you're tuning in in the world, this totally applies for you as well. But it is something that we focus on through the month of August in Australia. Uh, is the health of trades in particular. There are many different uh, aspects of health that can be affected specifically by trades, but I know this conversation will go wider than that. So if you're tuning in and you're not a tradie, then stay with us as well. So we've covered many different pillars over this month, and this conversation is around relationships, and this could be with a wife, it could be with a husband, it could be with another loved one, whatever it is, you know, your friends, partners, whatever that looks like in your world. Barry, I know, uh, you know you, we, we actually haven't even planned this session, but I know that uh, our conversation is going to, <laughs> there's so many different angles we could take. What's coming through for you as a place to start? Yeah, there's a whole lot bubbling through actually. And I guess the, <laughs> the first thing I want to share is like, I remember having this distinct moment uh, with my my previous partner where I was like, man, I thought business was challenging until I got into a relationship with a woman that I really cared for. Now, some of you may have been in your relationship prior to starting your business. Some of you may be in the position that I was in back then that you, you know, had your business prior to being in a relationship. Regardless, this episode is going to be relevant for you. And I guess the second thing that kind of came through, there was that realisation back then. And what I mean by that is business can be non-emotional or it can be emotional, right? But, you know, like I've said before, Miranda, I don't think it's that actually running and growing a business is challenging. What's challenging is the emotional projection and unresolved trauma that we project into our business that shows up that we have to deal with. Right. And what I mean by that is that if we have these inner beliefs that, um, you know, money's the root of all evil or, you know, you, you can't find anyone that you trust, you know, or that the only way to do things is do it yourself. Like whatever those, those beliefs, conscious or unconscious are, they'll be projected into your business. Right. And what I found in the past is the more that I've worked on myself and my own psychology, my own inner game, the more my business has flourished as a reflection of that. Now, there's not too much different between that and that of a relationship with an intimate partner. However, I feel that of an intimate partner is a much stronger reflection than what you get in business, right? Because there's no hiding. Like you can, it's possible for you to go to work and for you to put on a mask and hide for eight hours and come home and take it back off. It's a lot more challenging when you're living with someone and you're around them 24-7, so to speak. And so I had that moment where I was like, man, I thought business was hard until I got into a relationship because there was nowhere for me to hide. And it was a very confronting experience for me to have. I didn't understand vulnerability back then. I didn't really understand how to receive love because I'd never given myself love, right? Let alone for me to give love from non-attachment. But, you know, some other interesting things uh, came up for me as well. 
And I guess I want to share a few of those on today's episode. Now, I remember distinctly having this moment where, you know, I just filed for bankruptcy. I'm sorry, let's go back. Two weeks earlier, my partner had left me to take my kids to WIs in Tasmania. And she said, look, I still love you. I still want to be with you, but I can't do this life. Like you're never here. You're always at work. And when you are here, you're not present. You're angry. And you just you just got, got no time for me. You don't even see your kids. They're in bed by the time you get back. And they're still asleep when you go in the morning. And I was kind of like, all right, like piss off. You know, like you don't, you don't get me. And she packed up and left. And it was a few weeks after that that I had this like gaping realization that I was like, holy shit, we were in the same position. I was in this position doing everything that I could, working my ass off in this business to provide a, a life for her and the kids, right? Financially, she was working her ass off trying to bring up the kids and support me. We're both doing the best that we can, but we lacked the understanding that we're on the same page. We lacked a common goal. We lacked common understanding or what each other was doing and contributing to get to that common goal. And so the first point that I want to kind of share from my own experience is, are you and your partner, all right? And, and if you have kids, put kids on the same thing as well. Like I speak to my, my 11 and 12-year-olds as if they're adults, and I always have, right? Are you all on the same page of what you're building and what you're moving towards, right? It's time enough in history that we draw a line in the sand and stop following the past patterning of our parents and our parents' parents, which is work hard for a living, right? We don't have to anymore. We have got more available resource to us right now than ever before in history. And so there has never been an easier time to grow a business, to make money, to live a great life. Yet in that ease comes great complication because of distractions that we have because of all the choices that we have, right? And so my, my, my invitation would be to draw a line in the sand and ask yourself, are you doing what you're doing because that's the way it's always been done? And it reminds me of that story. Do you remember me telling that story once at a retreat where uh, this couple went around to their parents' house for Christmas dinner and she watched her mum cut the end off this ham to put it in the oven, And so next Christmas, she cut the leg off, the end off the ham to put in the oven. And her husband said, hey, like, why are you doing that? She's like, I don't know. My mother's always done it. And she rang up her mum and said, mum, out of curiosity, my partner wants to know, like, why do you always cut the end off the the ham when you put it in the oven? She's like, I'm not sure. That's the way my mum's always done it. So she rang her mum and asked her mum and she said, oh, well, we didn't have a big enough oven. We couldn't fit it in. So we had to cut the ham to fit in the oven. Yet... The daughter had a bigger oven, but it had never been questioned. And this is what I see a lot in our own lives is that we're following this past pattern. So to come back to the first point, Miranda, is like, are you clear of what you're trying to create? Because for me, and that moment of bankruptcy, I was trying to, to build my business from day dot to where I could have enough money, enough time to spend with my family when I eventually had one. And over that period of time, I, I, I found a family. I, I, you know, we had kids. Yet I was still doing the same habits and I had had the same mentality. I was working my ass off more than my dad ever was. I was never at home. I had enough money to survive, but I was following what I'd always seen or what I'd always done. And I didn't take the time to stop and recalibrate and go, hang on, what am I doing this for? So point number one is get super, super clear with yourself first. Like, what do you want out of your business and what do you want out of your life? And then spend the time to sit down with your partner and your kids and ask them the same. 
and devise a plan where your business actually creates means to achieve that outcome, not means to an end, right? Mm. Like, seriously, let that sink. Like, how many of you listening to this right now actually are clear of where you're going and why you're going there knowing that that outcome is what you, your partner, and your kids actually want, right? Because if you're all on the same page, they're going to support you. They're going to understand that there is some sacrifice, but they can also hold you accountable and remind you when you start going off the course. If the end outcome is to, you know, work nine to four to pick your kids up from school and you start working late hours, your kids are going to remind you, right? Put down your phone, dad. Dad, you didn't pick me up from soccer today. You said that that's what you're doing this for, right? Be honest. Are you clear of where you're going? And does it align with your family? Now, you might have ambitions to grow a $100 million company. Great. But make sure that your partner's on board with that and make sure they understand that there's going to be sacrifice to get there. And if not, understand that the risk of you continuing on this path for your needs is potentially the detriment of those of the needs of the greater collective, of your partner, of your kids. Oh, so many places I could go with that. The thing that just came came up then was I, I know that there are the many of you that are possibly listening and we're talking about getting on the same page and it's quite possible many of you don't even have a page and you're doing what you're doing. Uh, you're cutting the leg off, the, the end off the ham to get it in the oven without even realising. So I'd invite you to stop for just a moment and think, Am I, is this what I'm choosing for myself? Am I um, running running patterns of my family system that I'm not even aware of? Now, family system patterns aren't always bad. That's not what we're saying. You've got to consciously choose it or not and be aware of it. It's if you want to cut the leg off the ham, cut the leg off the ham and do it consciously and know that you're doing it. So, well, I like it this way. It feels good. I like it. I am still small. I've got a tiny oven still. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah, totally. But it's getting on the same page as your partner and and creating that page together and noticing and having regular check-ins when uh, to ensure that you're not diverging, to give yourself and each other the opportunity to say, are we still on the same page? And are the things that you're doing in alignment with that? And how do you see those things, those actions you're taking and who you're being as, as aligned with the page that we've both agreed to be on? I see my things fitting in because this is the way I see and, and making sure that you're, um, and talking about it, I guess, is what I'm saying, is having those conversations that you get to hear each other and understand why the choices you're making, the decisions you're making, the things you're doing, you believe are in aligned with that page and being very, very open to, um, open to, I guess, the feedback that it might be affecting your loved one, your partner in a way that you maybe hadn't considered. Mm. I remember when I, uh, my, my past partner, you know, she loved the idea of the entrepreneurial lifestyle and loved the fact that, you know, I could fly all over the world and I would pay for everything for her. But then when it come to be doing work, she didn't enjoy that. Oh, you're always on your phone. You're always doing this. You're always doing that. And it's like, well, yeah, this lifestyle comes at a cost, mm. right? Now, when I met my, my now fiancé, I, I was not working. I wasn't needing to work. I had financial resource. I had multiple companies set up. I didn't need to be working all the time. And so she got used to me hanging around a lot and spending a lot of time together. It was great. Now, about 12 months ago, six to 12 months ago, 
I started to get some clarity come through around, okay, what's this next thing that I'm working towards? And so therefore, with that clarity, it meant that I was needing to start to put some time towards bringing this vision to fruition. And there was a little bit of conflict and a little bit of tension that came up because I'd kind of shared it, but we hadn't had the conversation to talk through. She didn't really understand why my motives behind doing what I was doing from her perspective was like, why do you need to do more? You've got money, you've got time, like you've got a great life, like just surf and have fun and hang with the kids kind of thing. And once I sat down and ran her through like what was there for me, what was alive for me, she could buy into that same vision and get on the same page. And it meant that she could then be totally supportive of what was required for me to achieve that vision. And at the same time, she's also very quick if it's on a weekend or it's after dinner and I'm kind of like stuck to my phone, hey, does that need to be done right now? This is our time, you know, like then ask the question from a loving place, not getting pissed off or resentful or, you know, holding it or jumping on her phone because I'm on my phone. It's like we're now on the same page, moving in the same direction, and we're going to hold each other accountable to that vision. And things can change. But the fact is, is that I, I no longer just have my team at work. My, my children and my partner and my friends and my family are my team also, right? Just because they're not the ones doing the physical work doesn't mean they can't support me in other ways to achieve that, you know? bringing me a, a cup of coffee when she sees that I'm smashing out work on my computer for argument's sake. And so it is really important to have that communication and be on the same page because then the resentment doesn't build up with your partner. Then the divorces and breakups don't happen because you're always at work, mm. right? It's, it's, it's really important. I guess the second thing I want to move into, so we've kind of touched on, it's communication, right? Shared vision, communication, you know, and I see businesses shifted a lot, Miranda, to where people's focus now is a lot more around creating a lifestyle business, a business that supports the lifestyle, not a lifestyle that's, that's, uh, is business, so to speak. But the second part is to understand that nobody consciously, willingly, and understandably tries to hurt you on purpose, right? I honestly believe that. My past relationship, it was like we would have these fights and it just felt like we're at war with each other. And we're always getting these, get into these fights where we try and one-up each other and cause pain, not consciously, right? But because we were both wounded, we both had hurt. And one of us would get triggered by something the other person did, which again, it's not what they did. It's just whatever they did, reminders of a past hurt or a past wounding, which caused a trigger. And therefore we would lash out because we didn't know how to regulate our emotions or a nervous system, or how to process that trigger, and it become a, a finger-pointing exercise. You did this to me, you did this to me. Now, the beautiful thing about my current relationship is I had this moment. It was, it was August last year, my birthday last year. We were away, and she did something that triggered the fuck out of me, like so triggered. I was wild, and I just couldn't even look at it. I had to leave, and I was we staying at a place in Luatu, and it was the, 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 I think it was my birthday. And I was like, how dare she? Like, how could she do this to me on my birthday? And all these stories come up. I'm sure some of you can relate to the emotions that arise around our birthdays and unmet expectations. And I ended up walking away and I sat there and I just had this realization when I was sitting on this hill and I was crying and I was so worked up. And I was like, shit, you know what? Like, she's calling me forth right now to hold space for her. Like, she hasn't consciously or purposely set out to hurt me right now. She just doesn't know any other way. This is her This is her patterning coming up to protect her. 
And I don't even know how or where that realization come from, but I sat there, I, I did some breath work and meditation, I processed, I went back and I just went and held her. And through that complete presence and loving embrace, she just broke down. And I held her for hours while she bawled and bawled and bawled and bawled. And that was a significant shift in our relationship to each other. And not just in each other, in the way that I realize couples can, but most often don't relate. And that is, is that we all have these wounds. But how often do you see or, or experience something from your partner that triggers you and you can step into and show up in compassion and step into and show up in curiosity? What in them right now is going on for them to lash out at me like this or for them to say that or for them to do this? And can you in that moment take a sidestep to allow the emotions to subside enough to go back in and use the nonviolent communication process, which is a three-step process that starts with, hey, I felt really X emotion. I felt really hurt when you said that, right, because my need for love wasn't met, right? What usually happens is, Miranda, I can't believe you did that to me. Mm. And therefore, you get defensive and you go, well, I didn't do that. You did this. And next thing you know, you're sleeping in separate rooms in the house. All you both want is love and attention and affection and connection, most likely. But you've allowed this bullshit from the past to get brought up unresolved because you haven't been at a step aside, breathe and show back up and hold them for what they're going through and therefore allow them to do the same for you. And so there is a huge thing when it comes to relationship health around realizing that nothing is personal and taking a moment to understand, shit, I'm triggered right now. What is it about what, what Miranda said to me that's triggering me? And what is that trigger? Where did that come from? And then going and working with your coach, your psychologist, your counselor, even going and working with yourself in meditation and journaling and breath work to resolve whatever that person has been kind enough to agitate in you, right? Because this is the thing. When we can start to shift in business to see that any problem is an opportunity for us to create a system and process, for us to put in place something to prevent that ever happening again, in a relationship to see that anything gets triggered is an opportunity for us to clear a past wounding and trauma from the past, the fucking game changes. The game changes because we are no longer showing up, right, as this hurt little boy or hurt little girl running around pointing our fingers at each other, but instead we're going, holy shit, thank you, Miranda. Thank you. That allowed me to realize I had this past wounding around my first girlfriend that cheated on me that I'd never processed or dealt with. Holy shit, thank you. So powerful. I was going to say, and we realized the importance of, of union, right? We realized the importance of the fact that we can go and sit in a cave and meditate like a monk and be, and be enlightened. That's not where the real work is. The real work is in those moments when someone says or does something that triggers the shit out of you, and you can realize it's not them, it's you. And work with that. I think one of the most powerful things we can do is recognize, you know, we're talking about triggers. And one of the other ways I love to language, or you, get, you notice when you get triggered, is when you move in to defend and protect. There's an instantaneous reactionary defend and protect your, protect your position. And you can notice it often in body language. You know, there's the pointed finger, there's the hands out, there's all sorts of stuff. But you notice something will come up and uh, you move to immediately defend and protect yourself, like out comes the sword, out comes the armour, and out you come. 
And it's in that moment where I often say it's one of the best things you can do is, is pause for a moment to take a few breaths, acknowledge that something's come up and you might not know what the heck to do with it at all. Once you start recognizing, I'm sure everyone listening has noticed a moment where something's come up. I love to call, you know, if you're not really that familiar, even with labeling and thinking about your emotions and feelings, then you can call it stuff. I'll give you that word. Really, it's, you know, stuff comes up you can start there and just notice pause and take a few breaths is one of the most powerful questions in fact I I just asked myself this in the last week I use it all the time is in that moment uh, we ask I ask myself what would love do in this moment what would love do so that's a way in which it might sound a bit of a weird question so just sit and try it on for a moment and and ask yourself, how can I bring uh, something else, a different version of me into this moment? And think, well, in this moment, rather than defending and protect, protecting, I'll ask myself what would love to in this moment and just notice the different answers. And even if that sounds a little bit strange for you at the moment, just ask yourself a few times. I think if love walked into the room in this moment and acted on my behalf, what would love do? So what I was just adding to your position, Barry, on um, on the compassion and bringing that into those moments, not defending, protecting, really considering Absolutely. in those moments. It is really, it is, is not not about the other. They've yeah, given you that gift of being able to do that. If you approach it differently, you'll get a very, very different outcome that will draw you together. And again, this very much touches onto the first point. Like if you're clear of not just what you're working towards in your relationship, you can not in those moments hold each other accountable. Miranda, you said we're going to be together forever and we're never going to fight. Like, no, like you can stop and go, shit, like what's my part in this? Am I showing up in accordance with the way in which we wish to move and journey through life together as, as partners, right? Like the right partner should make your life easier, not more difficult. And that not to say there won't be difficult times. There absolutely will be. You can't avoid them. That's polarity. And I guess the, the third point, there's a lot I could kind of add into um, this, Miranda, but one thing that changed the game for me in relationship was when I started to bring into the relationship some core fundamentals that I brought into business that worked. And I remember at the time, my partner's like, are you serious? Like, you know, she's all feminine and in a flow, and here I am wanting to bring in structure. And there's a lot of resistance, but I held true to the certainty and the confidence in which that this was going to be game-changing for our relationship. And it was, and it has been, to the point that she now appreciates it and yearns and wants it. And what I mean by that is, you know, we defined what is the vision and mission and values for our relationship. And then we took that to having a regular check-in. So the same as you'd have a regular staff meeting with your team and you'd go through like KPIs and are we on track and off track and stuff like that. We would schedule out date night every single Wednesday. Uh, we would have date night from 5.30 to, to whenever it was. We'd have a babysitter come in. Once a month, we would have a three-day weekend together where we had a babysitter, mine and the kids. I would also have a date night with my kids individually each week. And once a month, I'd go away for two nights by myself and I'd allow her to do the same thing. Now, you might be like, oh, we can't do that. Bullshit, you can, right? Like if there's a will, there's a way. And if you want it bad enough, you will find a way to do it. But it's been a game changer. Those nights that I have by myself or she has by herself allow us to integrate and to, to take space and to really get clear of, of who we are and how we're showing up in the relationship. But every single time, most of the time, we don't want to have it because we're in a good place. 
But when we come back, we drop in even deeper. We've all, we've both always had these realizations around some things we've been doing that we you know aren't necessarily serving the relationship. The date weekends with our kids keep us keep us young, and and you know often we spend part of that time planning our future and like, are we on track to where we're going to go? And you know, there's a really cool thing that we do do, Miranda, in that weekly catch up, which is we kind of ask each other three questions. And the first thing is like, what's working in the relationship? So I would be like, hey, Miranda. What I see working is, hey, like I'm, I'm loving how supportive you've been of me this past week when I've been super busy with work, blah, 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 blah. What's not working? Oh, hey, Miranda, I've noticed a couple of times this has happened. And then I would share what I desire more of. Hey, like what I desire more of in this relationship is, hey, like I'd love if we, you know, could spend a bit more time in bed on the weekends and chat or, hey, I'm desiring a bit more intimacy or, hey, I'm actually desiring a bit more space at the moment. I've got a lot going on. I need, need some more space for myself. But those three questions, asking them, and hearing the response, not to, to react or to be triggered, but hearing the response of like, wow, that's Miranda's experience right now. Wow, that's Barry's experience right now, really allows us to stay on the same page, to stay aligned and ensure that our relationship is constantly getting better. Now, me and Kate recently went through a time where I was a bit displeased in our relationship. I didn't know why. And I shared with her, hey, I'm kind of feeling that things are a little bit stale right now. Like, like I love you. I still want to be with you. This is not about that. But I just feel right now that that we're kind of a, a bit stuck. And this was off the back of us traveling three months together and spending all day, every day with each other, pretty much not having our nights apart, you know, coming back into Bali, the kids coming back in here and so forth. And she's like, wow, I kind of feel the same thing. And it was just through me voicing it that allowed things to shift immediately but then it was when I recently went away for five days to, to Sumba on a surf trip to come back. It was like so much processed for both of us. And what had happened is we just hadn't had that time apart for almost four and a half, five months. So my suggestion is you don't necessarily go, okay, you know, go to your partner, like, oh, that guy's in the podcast. We need to have all these time apart and these times and da, da, da. Just start with a weekly date night. If you're not even doing that, once a week, you get a babysitter and someone look after the kids, take your partner out. One week, it's, it's, it's your week to plan. One week, it's their week to plan, right? Bring a bit of spontaneity back in the relationship and, you know, ask those three questions. Listen to the person's response, right, without reacting and see whether or not there's something in there you can work with, right? At the end of the day, the easiest way for me to get what I want in my relationship is to ensure my partner's getting what she wants, right? I only want to make sure she's getting what she wants. And rather than try to guess what that is, just ask and, and vice versa, Kate, wants the best for me and asks me, you know, what I want and, and tries her very best to give that to me as well. Powerful questions. Uh, and I'll add to what Barry's just shared. There's probably a couple of things you're setting out to give this a go for the first time. Uh, two things I'll talk about. One is um, boundaries and one is ground rules quickly. So set some, yeah. set some boundaries around uh, maybe if you're going to set up the, the date nights, if you are maybe aligned to working with a budget in your family budget or you've got certain limitations, certain goals and things like that, you set some boundaries around, uh, so I would get some ground rules around what maybe the spend or the type of activity would be so that that yeah. uh, works within your overall goal, going back to being on the same page and making sure that it's it's not sort of open slather. So those sorts of things. And the other is setting some boundaries around uh, what 
how you're going to show up in those those sessions, asking those questions. So it, it's listening, and I'm going to and we're going to sit quietly, and I'll honour you, and I'll listen, and I'm not going to jump in and fix and defend and protect, and I'll ask you you make that commitment to each other. So set those boundaries and those ground rules around how those will go so that you're both really clear, I suppose, of how how it's going to go and you'll feel your way through it. But it's really good to just say those to begin with so you're not guessing even within that. I guess just to wait around off this episode, right, like rather than try to take everything and implement it and get it perfect, realise that your relationship is no different than your business or anything else in life. It requires work, right? Just because you've got the ring on the finger and you've got the house and you've got the kids doesn't mean you should stop working for that relationship to keep growing and become the best that it can be. And I think that that's where a lot of people get stuck. So if nothing else from this episode, just take that invitation to start to experience your relationship as something that can grow and prosper and start to invest some time right into that. Imagine if you invested in much time in your relationship as what you do business right now, where that would be at, right? But to kind of, I guess, recap those three areas, number one is communication, clear communication, make sure on the same page and having those, those regular Touch points and date nights is a good way to ensure that that happens. Number two, realizing that your partner is not your enemy, right? And that the things that are triggered in you from them, it's not them, right? And they're not consciously or purposely doing it. But it is a beautiful opportunity for you to realize where you're still holding and how to start to allow the love to, to remove those traumas and triggers that you've been holding on to and probably haven't been aware of. And number three, scheduling time for, for you guys as a couple uh, without the kids, scheduling time with your kids. One-on-one is, is going to do tremendous things to your relationship and really understanding who they are as a being and taking some time out to yourself as well and a few nights away. You know, if you can't do it monthly, maybe every quarter, maybe every six months, but it will do you guys the world of good, not because you don't love each other or want to be together, but because, again, you want to strengthen and work on building a great relationship. And uh, by all means, you know, feel free to reach out to, to me on Instagram or through barrymagladiddy.com, my website, or us here at the Trading Business School. Uh, more than happy to help any way possible. But just realize that, you know, you have the opportunity to have someone amazing on your team, right, that, that, that can face all the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs of life with you. Don't, don't ruin that by being so focused on getting somewhere in business that you forget to look after those who are on the journey with you. Yeah. On the journey with you, uh, business, businesses evolve. There's a life cycle of business and they you, they evolve and grow and so do relationships and the people within them. So guaranteed you, you today are not the same person you were yesterday and in a month's time right. you will not be the same person that you are today and know that that's happening with your partner. If you fail to communicate, and fail to connect and be present with each other, then you will potentially go in very different directions. So hold yourself, hold your, yeah, stay connected, stay present to each other, understand that you will constantly evolve and grow and stay connected in that together because there's one thing I've certainly noticed is prevalent in, in trades business owners is the busyness gets in the way of the presence and the tiredness gets in the way of connection and the days uh, are long and the nights are short and before they know it, they're living on, you know, we're, we're, we're working our project plan of, of baby one, two and three and growing the business and hiring the apprentice and bang, bang, bang and before they know it, you know, five years have gone and, and the gap is is too great to to um, claw back from. So Absolutely. 
take something out of today and uh, we will leave it there. We've, I think we've covered a huge amount. Yeah. So wind the, wind the podcast up. Thank you so much for joining. If you've liked this episode, I know it does go further than further than a trades business owners. So share it, like it, love it. And uh, we will see you again soon for another episode. Thanks for joining us. Bye for now. Thank you.